Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. Yo, what up, everybody? It's Hollywood Unlocked and Censored. I'm Jason Lee. Hey, it's DJ Damage. All right, Melissa Ford's still not here, but we're sending our love to her. And those of you listening to us, hopefully you're listening on iTunes. But if you're not, maybe you're at Google Play or Spotify, or maybe you're just over at YouTube watching us or at our family iHeart's uh, app. But either way, we hope that you're enjoying the show. Because we everywhere. And listen, we uh, hope that you're sharing the show, too. And continue to rate us five stars only because we're we're five stars. All right. So here we are. Um, you know, this is not our tape day, but we thought, hey, <laughs> what the hell? I think we were supposed to tape yesterday and we switched it up and you were doing something. And so thank you for making some time. Of course, it's doing. As you can see, this because this is not our tape day, we got our do-rags on. We kind of just relaxed right now. Yeah, I couldn't tack the wig down fast enough today. So I said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just throw this do-rag on. Um, <laughs> it might come off mid-show if you're watching, but if not, fuck it. You know, it is what it is. We comfortable. All right. So um, a lot of people have been on my Instagram um, making comments of whether or not I'm losing weight and this and that. And I, it's so interesting that my mm. weight has been a topic of conversation for so long. Um, I've been shamed many times. <laughs> but uh, I will say, you know, um, I'm, I have thick skin. It doesn't bother me. I've always been happy with every size from when I was in high school to, uh, you know, recent or whatever. Um, but I will say that um, over the course of the last few months, um, you know, I've been dealing with some medical stuff, you know, and I, mm. I don't come on the show and talk about my personal business like that all the time. But I do want to be transparent with the audience because I am going through a journey that I do want to bring them on. And um, and so, yeah, I or a, a few months ago, um, as people know, well, let me just start a, a year ago. We started yeah. a segment called Get Fit or Die Trying. We did. And it was the hardest thing to do. And people were like, oh, we like these workout videos. But to me, it, you know, the working out had become much harder than it was three years ago when I first started, when I first got on television. Yeah. When I first got on um, Love and Hip Hop. I lost 40 pounds just working out and eating properly. Um, and I think I was the incentive was I knew I was going to be on TV and I was this, there was this new experience that was getting ready to happen. So I was highly motivated to do it. And then as I started going in H&M and just throwing shit on off the rack, I was like, oh, I ain't got to do this no more because now I lost all the weight. But then over the course of the time, uh, I, you know, was was, you know, wanting to work out and trying different things. If you've watched this show from day one, you've seen mm. me when I've been juicing. You've seen me when I've been eating properly. You see me when I've been exercising, but still there was something happening that I didn't know that was going on at the time. And so I partnered with um, a company called Gentera mm -hmm. um, and Gentera. They are a company that does stem cell research and micronutrient testing. And they also do IV therapy. And, you know, they're really about helping people to live out their best life, but also to be able to um, live out their life in quality through science. And so um, I had been going to them for IV therapy and getting different medicine, you know, different um, vitamins. And then I had gone to them and did my micronutrient testing. When I did my micronutrient testing, it showed that it shows all your markers. It shows your heart. It shows your mm. cholesterol. It shows your um, it basically shows everything going on in your body, your, your testosterone. And I want to take that, by the way, too. I'm very interested. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll link you up with them. They're they're extremely great um, people over there. And so Dr. Zagoni, my private doctor over there, did my micronutrient test. And we saw that I was extremely deficient in vitamin D. Um, we saw that I was extremely uh, deficient. My testosterone level was low. 
um, we saw that my cardiac markers started to go up into mm. a, a, a kind of an interesting area. And then my sugar levels were really high. So I was pre-diabetic. Um, and so even with all of that, I said, you know, I'm still going to try to work hard. I'm yeah. still going to eat better. Um, started eating better, uh, cut all sugar, haven't drank in six months, did all the things that I thought I should do, but still, for whatever reason, the weight wasn't coming down. So um, every week I try to get a massage. That's my thing to relax and to take care of myself. And my physical, th my massage therapist is also a physical therapist. His name is Omar. And Omar said, I think your body has inflammation because I can feel it in your body. And mm. I said, well, what is inflammation? Because I didn't even know what inflammation was. Yeah, what is uh, it? I still don't really know what it is. I know, that, I know that it has to do with your blood. I know that has to do with your sugar levels. And I know that if all of that isn't under control, your body starts to become inflamed. So it starts mm. to it starts to swell up. Yeah. And so he felt the inflammation early on. And so when we when the whole COVID-19 thing started happening, I started really focusing on vitamins and minerals and, and supplements. I started taking turmeric because Courtney Watson, who was on my Instagram every day doing updates, yeah. was telling me all these different supplements to take. And one of those being um, a turmeric. So I started taking turmeric. I started doing all those things. I started drinking teas. I started focusing on gut health with CMOS. I started taking my vitamins. I started taking all these supplements. Still, the weight wasn't coming down. Still, the inflammation was there. So I called my doctor and I'm like, you know, something has to be going on. So she said, well, uh, well, what else do you think it is? I said, I don't know, but I keep waking up with a headache every day. I'm not, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm tired when I wake up. I'm yeah. not motivated now anymore really to work out. It's really hard to do the treadmill. I would do 45 minutes on the treadmill where I would walk one minute and run one minute yeah. interval, intervals. And even that, that became so difficult. So she said, well, why don't we do a sleep apnea test? Um, have you heard of sleep apnea? Yeah, I have. So sleep apnea, for those of you that haven't heard, is when people stop breathing while they're sleeping. Which is scary. Which is scary. And so I, I said, well, you know, I'll take a sleep apnea test. I don't think I have it. I don't know if I have it, whatever. So I took the sleep test. When you take a sleep test, what you have to do is you have to spend an entire night, whether it's in a sleep lab or in your own home, and you wear this thing on your nose that monitors your breathing. You wear something on your finger to manage to monitor your pulse. And then you you um, there were a couple of things I think you wear on your body um, and then a strap that helps to manage like to monitor your breathing throughout the night. So I did the sleep test. And when I did the sleep test, when the results came back, I had stopped breathing for 63 seconds during my sleep. Damn. And so that to me was like. There was no more. I didn't need another wake up call because I really believe that when you're uh, I really believe that there are signs like either whether it's God, universe, whatever it is, like life will send you warning signs. And mm -hmm. if you don't pay attention to them at some point, you're going to be like in a full problem. And I feel like the micronutrient test where there was the inflammation markers or the cardiac markers that were starting to creep up the high sugar levels, not diabetic, but right there on the line. Um, and all of those different things were like the signs, but this was like the, this was the red flag for me. And so a friend of mine in Texas had had a surgery and he mm -hmm. had gotten the gastric sleeve. And so he had been telling me like, Hey, you should come and meet my doctor. Like we could, you could fix all of this right away. You have the resources, you have the time, you have the freedom of, you know, taking your time with this process, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you should meet with him. His name is Dr. Marvin. And Dr. Marvin can, you know, talk to you about getting this procedure done where you get this bariatric surgery where they basically cut out 80% of your stomach. 
And, and so I called my private doctor Zagoni last year. I'm like, hey, so I'm thinking of doing this surgery. What do you think? And she was like, I don't think you need to do that. I think you need to just keep working at it. And damage, I'll be honest with you, it was just too hard. Like it was just too hard. It wasn't that I didn't even want to work out because I love going and getting that adrenaline rush. And I love yeah. the environment of being in the gym, but it was literally hard. Um, but and my question is, why does she not want you to do it? What was the I think her reservation? Be, I think because she believed in me enough that she felt like in all other areas of my micronutrient test that I was healthy enough to do it, that I was young enough, that I was healthy enough. Uh, you know, I'm 42, turning 43 next month. And for me, it was like, you know, I said last year, I, I'll listen to her. I'll try a year. I did mm-hmm. try my hardest. And, and, and if you know me when it comes to business and everything, I was like, I don't like to fail. And I don't like to feel like I'm failing, but I was feeling like I was failing myself. And I felt like, and I, and it really felt like there was nothing that I could do. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, the people online were not as friendly, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. I will say though, people thought I would be mad at them for fat shaming me or for shaming me. I actually wasn't mad because it pushed the conversation in front of me every day. It kept the conversation in front of me every day. It was reminding me every day. And people had become so consumed with what I what where my weight was fluctuating when I was losing weight that I said, "Okay, I'm going to give myself one year. I'm going to give myself one year and I'm going to really try to do this. And so everything from dieting to drinking a gallon of water every day to walking on the treadmill, I did all of that. And then COVID happened and we moved a commercial size fucking <laughs> treadmill in my house which was almost shutting down the power because it was so damn powerful <laughs> but we did all of that and still it wasn't happening and so i decided once the sleep apnea test came home and i had to go and buy the machine that you have to use when you have sleep apnea that basically it's called a cpap machine you put it over your nose while you sleep and if you stop breathing it basically does a burst of air to keep you breathing i thought well number one this ain't gonna be sexy if i have a nigga spending the night so i'm not <laughs> using a sleep at me so i've only i've never used this machine i have it but i haven't used it but i called the doctor immediately the next day after the sleep apnea test and i said you know um, I stopped breathing for 63 seconds. I don't need to spend another day contemplating whether I want to have this surgery. I want to do the surgery. Um, and he was like, if you're serious, let's do it. I called my cousin, Anitra mm-hmm. uh, West, who's a nurse director back in Stockton at St. Joseph's Medical Center. We got on the call with him. We did a full conference call with his team and my, and my cousin. We asked all the questions about anesthesia because I'd never had surgery in my life. I've never been put to sleep. Um, I we We had the conversation. And what were some of your biggest concerns about the anesthesia? Because I, I would imagine a lot of people are interested in getting the gastric sleeve, but not waking you know, up. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Not waking up. I mean, because, you know, I have anxiety, so I don't know how my heart is going to react to the to the the anxiety of being put to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know if my breathing because my breathing had become really difficult at night. Um, cause I had become so anxious with coronavirus and then the black lives matter stuff and everything that was happening on top of the weight and, and everything else that like, I didn't know if I would stop breathing. And honestly, with the way Michael Jackson died, I was like, yo, I don't want that Mike Jack, that MJ shit, you know? And so they, so he was really good at explaining what type of anesthesia they would use, what type of environment the procedure would be done in, you know, what type of support would be there. It's a controlled environment. My cousin felt mm-hmm. really com- comfortable with him. I had seen his work with my friend David. Shout out to David in, in Houston. Um, they did a. I'm a. I'm a. I'll do a, a 
side by side of what David looked like before here and what he looks like now. But, you know, they had uh, they had done some really good work on a person that I trusted, that I knew. And this is a person that had been coaching me over the year of, hey, he had lost 140 pounds. He was like, get Damn. the surgery, get the surgery, take control of your life. And so uh, I so I once I had the conversation, we all felt comfortable with it. I, I did a will. Uh, I did a living will for it. Oh, come on. Well, I own a media company. I own a major property. Did, I can't. Did I you can't. put me in there? Did you put me in there a little bit? I definitely said to make sure you got front row seat at the funeral. Um, <laughs> but yes, but I had to do the will to take care of all of my assets. I had to do a will to how to handle if something was to go wrong medically. Um, mm -hmm. And then me and the team flew to Houston and uh, I did the surgery and uh, the surgery was a success. We stayed there for about eight days in the house. I did nothing but watch everything I could on Netflix. How long back. was the surgery? Surgery was an hour. Um, the surgery okay, was an so hour. not too bad. Surgery was an hour. Um, and the crazy part was, I'm telling you, damage, when my mind is made up, this is it's made up. So when I got there, mm -hmm. they said, do you want us to warn you before we put you to sleep? I said, no, just put me to sleep and let's get it done. So right before it was time to roll out, uh, they, they kept taking my blood pressure to check my heart rate, you know, and so and and and, and my pulse and stuff. And so this guy... <laughs> This guy, this this night, I don't know this nurse's name, but he's a Nigerian nurse in that Houston Altus <laughs> Hospital. He walked in and he get he took my blood pressure. He goes, "Oh, you have hypertension?" I go, "No, why?" And he goes, "Well, because your heart rate is beating really fast. Your heart rate is fast." And I'm like, "Well, what does this mean, man? Does this mean we about to have a problem? Because you can't tell me this right as we about to go in. So now, now <laughs> I." Now I feel anxious. So then my now other, you anxious, right? Now I'm anxious. Now my other nurse, she's a little Filipino lady. Her name Teresita. So I said, "What's up, Teresita?" She said, "What's up?" I said, "You know, I've been watching." Uh, she just put my IV in my. She put my IV in my hand, which, by the way, I never even knew you put IVs in hands. That but feels, that was that, what did that feel like? That hurt. That hurt. That shit didn't feel good. Ooh, so that just so, made me. Yeah, she put it, and it was like a big needle too, like all up in the muscle. Yeah, it was not Jason. cool. Damn. So, so she's. I'm like Teresita. Have you ever seen that show Queen of the South on um, on Netflix? <laughs> she's like, no. I go, well, the woman's name is Teresita. I, she goes, well, what does she do? I said, oh, she's a drug. I said, oh, she's a drug pusher and a killer. She said, I'm a drug pusher, but I ain't a killer. She's hey. a short little Filipino lady. So she kind of good had hands. Me. She had me laughing. So then another nurse came in. Her name was Doris. And so Doris is like, um, she talking to the African nurse about my EKG. And she's like, why is the numbers up high like that? I'm like, Doris, what is the problem? Is there a problem? She's like, well, I'm the nurse that's going to be in the room making sure that nobody doesn't touch you that's not supposed to. And basically, I'll be watching everything and assisting the room. I'm like, OK, cool. So then here comes the anesthesiologist. I don't know this lady's name, but she was so sweet and she was so patient. She could tell I was nervous. And she said, let's talk about your anesthesia. You know, I'll be there. I'm going to be the one monitoring everything. I said, well, I had talked to Sky from Black Ink, who had had so many surgeries. And she said that it is what it is. <laughs> and, and, she, and she said to me, going under anesthesia was like being on the verge of death. So I'm terrified, wow. right? 
The lady was like, Sky lied to you. That's not true. It's not that I mean, bad. Sky, I love Sky. She's a little dramatic. A little dramatic. She's a little, she basically told me that I would be on the verge of death for an the hour. The verge of death. <laughs> but, but she said she couldn't wait to go back and get some more work done. So it was like, whatever. So I, so the lady's telling me what she's going to do. And she says, do you want to be warned? I'm like, no. So she goes, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to push a drug in your IV before you go back there. And it's going to really calm you down. It's going to calm all your nerves down. I was like, okay. So they all come in. They're like, all right, it's time to roll. And there's like, hey. No, that was not the mood. It was a tough. That's the celebrate. Hey, but at, at this point, but at this point, like I'm naked with EKG monitors on. I got a fucking stick in my hand. Yeah, I got. I done paid the deposit, so that's really why I wasn't gonna not do it. <laughs> um, and so, right as they start to will me, I feel she must have. She was behind me. I feel she must have pushed the meds because I literally just laid there. Like I felt like I had smoked a blunt. I ain't gonna lie. You just I felt, felt good. good. I felt good. I was like, okay. I was on a ride from there. I was on, I was on a ride. So I get to the operating room and there's a team of people in there all ready to go. And so they're like, can you, can you jump over to the operating table? I'm like, yeah, not a problem. So I hop over to the operating table. And as I'm hopping over, they're putting the mask on my face to start breathing in the gas. And I could tell she pushed the drug because it started, I started to fall, like I was falling asleep. So I went to go look for her, but shit, I had passed out. Next thing I do is I woke up. And it was all done. And it was all done. And I will say the people at the hospital were extremely great. The nurses were really great. I love how most of them uh, respected my privacy. I know there's one nurse there who's watching the show right now. I forgot her name. But I will say once I came to and she was taking care of me overnight because I had to stay in the hospital and she was making sure I was I had all I had my, my pee cup or whatever. I had to pee. I peed all night long. I don't know why I had to pee so <laughs> But so so she takes me for a walk because you have to walk so you don't get blood clots. Um, So as I'm walking and it's and I'm extremely weak and dizzy and and high on these drugs. And but I'm walking. I'm the only one walking down this hallway. She says to me, you know, I love you. I'm Wendy. Right. I go. I go. Oh, really? She goes. Yeah. She goes. And are you still letting your barber come to your house and cut your hair with that hazmat suit on? And I'm like. Yeah, he still comes to my house and cuts my hair with the hazmat shoe. And she's like, okay. She goes, by the way, God didn't forget about you, baby, because that surgery went well. I read your book. I love your book. And I'm like, you know, I- Look at that. Come on, support. I said, I really love that you love me. And I really love that you love everything I've done. But I don't want to talk to you right now. Like right now, I just had my stomach taken out and (laughs) I I just want to live. And so she laughed and I laughed, but- uh, she took really good care of me. They took really good care of me. And so, yeah, so far it's been 15 days. I've lost 30 pounds. Wow. And and now I'm on the process of recovery. But I, I, I went back and forth. My team was whether I should say something or not say something. Of course, you know, my team was like, shit, we can get this sponsored. You know, just, you know, tell everybody you took you took a nap and, you know, start eating grass. Um, but, 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 but a lot of, but most of my team was like, nah, be transparent with the audience. Like you always are. And I feel like a lot of our, our supporters and our listeners are probably dealing with that. Probably want to lose weight, probably might be inflamed and don't know it. So I feel like this is a lot of good information. Also, there's people that might need this surgery and scared of going through that transition, that process of going into that doctor's office, going under anesthesia. So I was really even interested on what the experience was like. And it's good that you had a good one. Have you never been put to sleep? I did when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. 
But they said oh, they gave me the amount that they give children, and I just knocked right out. Oh, okay, yeah. This is some other shit, man. All right, y'all, it's time for another Hollywood hookup. So with everything going on right now, a lot of people are asking, is it even possible to buy life insurance? And the simple answer is yes. It's still easy to shop for life insurance, like right now. And if you and your loved ones are depending on your income, you probably should. So this is what I need everybody to do. Head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out your coverage, the coverage you need, and compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best price for you. Step two is to apply for your lowest price. And then the step three, which is easy, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape. It's on them. It's not on you. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they will take care of you. Do it like your life depends on it. That's right. They even have policies which allow eligible customers to skip the in-person medical exam and do it over the phone. That is clutch. So if you need life insurance, head over to policygenius.com right now to get started and you can save $1,500 or more a year by comparing quotes on their marketplace. That's Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. So get to it. And that's your Hollywood hookup. And I'll tell you, those drugs that they give you in the hospital, I know I know why people are addicted because on that drip. Oh my God. When I had that surgery, and you know, because at first you do have some stomach pain, um, and then you do feel like irritable. So what happened was they um would come in like every so many hours and push this drug called Tordol. And then I was go. on and then I was on morphine. So uh yeah, I was um that shit. She's on the good stuff. That shit was heavy. They even gave me codeine after, and I was sipping that shit. But but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't codeine with promethazine. It was just codeine. It was just codeine with Tylenol. So you, I wasn't to, you can get it, you can get it done with that too. Now my question is: post operation, how have you? How are you feeling? What are you eating? What are your restrictions? Okay, so immediately after the surgery. They didn't tell me when I got the surgery. They did four incisions in my body. So I basically, when if I take my shirt off, I look like I've been stabbed up, right? Okay. Um, uh, but uh, they, they, they do four incisions. One is for the scope to see inside the body. One is to put a tube in to put gas in your body to blow up the stomach so they can see around all the organs and everything. And then, of course, the others are to go in with the laser and to, I mean, with the, um, with the, um, um, I don't want to say laser, but to go in with the staples and to do all the cutting and stuff that they have to do and to put the sleeve on or whatever. So uh, I would say immediately after, you have to constantly walk and then you have to breathe in this machine so that way your lungs don't get clotted and your blood doesn't get clotted in your legs. And then they put your legs in these massagers to keep your legs being massaged throughout the whole night. So as you're sleeping, your legs are being massaged too. I will say, I'll say immediately after, you know, you're definitely, you have no real energy. There were a couple of days where my friend would say, you're going to gas out. And I didn't know what gas out means. It's like running out of gas. Literally, like you feel like, okay, I got to go to bed now and lay down. And I would be going to bed at like 5 p.m. and sleeping for 12 hours. And so, Mm. so, you know, you don't, your, your body's reacting to it. And now my body's going through, through ketosis, which means it's just burning the fat because, I'm in week three now of the process. This is literally yesterday was my yesterday was the end of my two week mark. And so now I'm on the 15th day starting my third week. And so and how many the, uh, I'm sorry, sorry. How many how much weight have you burned so far? 
30 pounds. 30 pounds. Wow. 15 days, which is. That's crazy. So crazy. (laughs) This is the best kept secret. If I could find a way to pimp this surgery out, make a fucking (laughs) make a dollar. (laughs) But no. So I, I, um, I, 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 so immediately I felt like I didn't have the energy, but now I've adapted to it. My scar, my, my, my wounds are healing. Um, uh, my bandages are off. I feel great. I feel my breathing is better. My Mm -hmm. energy is, I feel, I feel great. It was, it was the right decision for me to make. And another thing that I did think about was, you know, there are some people who have bariatric surgeries because there's different things you could do. There's the sleeve, there's the balloon, there's the bypass. Some people that have had this surgery look like they died and somebody cooked them up and just put them back out on the street. So I was like, yo, I'm too visible of a person to be out here looking like I just died on Melrose. And then they just like fried me up and threw me in West Hollywood. No, no, that ain't, ain't doing that. And so there, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not a, I'm not a person driven by vanity. But I was absolutely like, oh, these motherfuckers can call me fat. They definitely not gonna call me dead for the rest of my life. And so uh, that was uh, that was another part, part of the conversation. What? How, how much weight do you want to lose? Like, what's that target amount? You already burned what you said thirty. I burned thirty. So how far do you want to go? I want, let me do the math because I'm not revealing yet yeah. what my weight was. I am going to reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm taking private photos. This might even play out on OnlyFans. Like, I'm taking photos. I'm weighing in. <laughs> I'm not playing. Um, okay, so I've lost 30. Okay, so I want to lose another, probably another 100 pounds. Okay. But 130 is the goal. But, but I want to convert all that into muscle. Like this is the first mm-hmm. time, you know, going back to your question, damage, which is a great question of how I feel after. I didn't realize the emotional part of this journey. Mm. There's an emotional part to the journey because as I'm recovering, I have to pay attention to my body every day. I have to pay attention to how I feel when I eat. I have to look at my wounds. I have to look at my body. I have to look at myself. I have to spend time in the mirror planning out my day and looking at what. So now what's happened is it's shifted from being physical to being emotional where I've realized that, uh, that, that what I I wasn't suffering from gaining weight, I was suffering from a lack of self-love. And so when I, so now that whole examination of how I've put people first, how I've put Hollywood unlocked first, how I've put my friends first, how I've put meeting a cute guy first, how I've put making money, the priority, all of that shit does not matter if you do not have your health. So to people listening, please understand that this is very much not at all about how I want to look in terms of why I decided to do it. It was Mm -hmm. more about wanting to be alive and long enough for me and my team and me and my family to benefit from the fruits of all the labor that I've put into building my my media company and my brand. And then then it became, as I had the surgery, now it's a challenge of how hard I want to love myself, how much I want to own the the uh, love for myself all the times i would come on the show and say i don't want to be in a relationship i'm gonna have like five niggas this and that whatever yeah i ain't gonna lie and say i don't like the idea of having (laughs) five friends but to have somebody love you the way that your son loves you uh Mm -hmm. the way you love your son to be able to experience the euphoric feeling of love and being loved and accepting love i've said on the show as a joke that 
when Tiffany Haddish would start calling me, she would end with, I love you. And I would hang up on her before she could say it. And so I started putting all these things together and had to own the fact that I may not have loved myself enough. So I'm there now and I'm, I'm on this journey of trying to figure that part out. I'm now looking at myself in the mirror and saying, this is what I want my stomach to look like. This is what I want my legs to look like. I called up one of my homeboys. I said, you know, I like your ass. I want my ass to look like your ass. Okay. Uh, too much. Too much. You know, too much. You know, Let's dial it back. Let's dial he, it back. Let's talk he, about the and, biceps. And he was like, it back. he was like, I'll work out with you. I was like, yeah, because like I really want to look I want my ass to look like your ass. So it was a really Jason, interesting. You and your friend doing booty workouts. That's a funny, it was a, that's it a was, funny idea. Only, funny. Ava- only available on my OnlyFans account. <laughs> uh, but it was like, it was like, you know, but, but honestly, like all jokes aside, like I know what I want my ass to look like. I know what I want my ass, okay. my arms, my chest. And so it's, so now my full time and investment is in me. And so you're going to turn into a full out bodybuilder. No, because I don't want, no, I don't want to like, what I look like rolling around in the bed. I, my muscles so big. I can't even hug nobody. Like, nah. I just want my body to be nice and 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 shaped in a way and t- and all one color. It don't I don't care what color it is. I'm just saying oh all God. one color. Side note: One time I tried to go and do a suntan here in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and nobody told me that black people really don't need to suntan. Even though I felt like I was pale enough where I needed to suntan, but I did the suntan wrong where I stayed in too long or it was too high, and it had zapped me in a way that my body was itching and. It just what it was. Yeah, red. you got a little reaction. Yeah, so no more sun. You know me, me being a, a brown skin brother. You know, I didn't never like getting tans. I try to stay out the sun, but I'm starting to embrace it now. You see how dark I am. Yeah. After I came from the island, I'm like, I want to be as dark as possible. I'm kind of feeling that wave, so I understand. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, but um, I don't mean to cut you off. My no, best no, friend lost um over a hundred pounds. This is my best friend. His nickname was Yogi Bear, <laughs> and he's now on a super fitness journey. And it's just the mindset, you know, you never know what somebody's going through when they're carrying their weight. And like you said, it's bigger than just the love of food. And that's why I feel like everybody else that's on the outside looking in think, oh, you're just greedy. You just like to eat, but you don't understand what somebody might be going through emotionally. And, you know, just being there for people like you and my best friend. And he is on a super fitness journey now. And I can see what you're talking about, where you've seen the weight come down. You now want to sculpt the new you and it's bigger than what I want to look like. It's like, this is what I want to feel like. Yeah. This is who I want to represent myself as yeah. now as this new person. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And when I did my book in the book tour and poured out all that emotion in my book, by the way, God yeah. must have forgot about me is still available on Amazon. You should go get it. Um, it up. <laughs> so when I did the book, that was start, that was the part of the emotional part, you know, like uh, crying on TV. I had never thought you'd see me crying on TV. And I honestly didn't try to cry on TV. And I thought that we had gotten so far in the reunion that no tears would come up and they came up right at the end. And so for me, that emotional journey started early by unpacking some of the weight. Uh, I talked about in my book of when my brother Rodney died, me heavily falling into alcoholism and that starting the process of self-damage and not working on myself and not focusing on that. But I will say when it got to the point to where no matter what I was doing, no matter what I was trying to do, stopping drinking, eating, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even eating a lot. I was eating. Maybe sometimes I ate too many steaks or maybe sometimes I ate too many mashed potatoes. It's the damn ketchup in the steak, Jason. 
Oh, but well, I'm still going to eat ketchup. That's a weird combo. I'm still going to eat the ketchup. But, <laughs> but you know, like, it was not even about, I had lost control for real. And so I, I, I can say that I honestly, wholeheartedly have fallen back in love with myself. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm in love with this process. I'm about to build out a full gym here at my house to start working out. And I'm not going to hit the gym with, I got to go and push 300 pounds and cause I ain't even going to have the energy for all that when I can start working out, but I can't go and jump rope for three minutes, two, three minute Mm -hmm. intervals. I can go and do 500 crunches on a, on a ball or use a weight ball or use some dumbbells or, you know, I, there are things that I can do that I'm going to do. And so I just appreciate, you know, all of the show for tolerating my up and down with it, my, my, all the remedies I was going to try. And also to the audience who's been hard on me, um, I'm not mad at you because you kept a conversation that I needed to hear in front of me every day. And I did what all of us can do if we have the means. And if we don't have the means, we should search the means to take full control of our lives because you know, I have said, I feel like we're in the middle of a spiritual warfare right now anyway with the world on top of all that compounding whatever personal struggles we're going through and weight and our health should not even be an issue when there are opportunities out there for us to tap into to take control of ourselves. And I've been looking at you, Damage, on your Instagram. If people aren't following Damage on Instagram, you should go and check it out. You're working out every day. Your content, of course, of course, your content is great. Get back from what, Damage? Jason, you don't know, man. You don't know what I'm going through. Damage. It's, it's get a, back from what? Emotionally, Jason. Damage. You don't get it. Damage. I, I want to support you. But now here's what I'm going to call bullshit. All I hear from the female fans in some of our gay community, I love damage. Damage is sexy. Damage is that. But again, you know, maybe your journey is not just about how you look. Maybe it's about how you feel. So Hey, look, Jason. I'm hit the, I hit the 30 mark and the weight, the weight sit at the stomach. <laughs> it sits at the stomach. I, I don't have you be talking about this six pack that you 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 mislead the listeners and let them think I I do not have a six pack, but I'm working my way towards it. And if you build in that gym at your spot, I'm gonna be over there. Yeah. And we're gonna put that work in. Absolutely, you come over anytime. Um, and so, uh, oh, also, if you're watching the show on YouTube and you see these lights right here, you know, tell it, them what it is. It's it it's the sun from beyond the camera, but I say it's the angels that God has sent to watch over my newly reformed body. And an angelic backpack. And God gave me the vision of doing this whole thing on OnlyFans. Um, those of you who think that God is not endorsing OnlyFans, God sent us a method to make money amidst a pandemic. So while the world is falling apart and you can't go to your job. You could sit at home and bust it open and get a check. Jason, that's what you're going to be doing on OnlyFans? You're I ain't busting nothing open. Busting it open? <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see me bust it open. But I will say when my body, whether it's a year, year and a half, when I get to where I want to be and I update mm-hmm. my and I update my tattoos and I put another one over here and I do all of that. There will be Y'all a, not going to be ready for new Jason. There will be a fully nude shoot shot somewhere somehow and online. <laughs> now it will be tastefully nude because you know, I'm going to definitely always save my penis for the people who get invited over. But in terms of my body, I will be showing it off. Yes. This is hilarious. Well, Jason, I'm proud of you. Um a lot of people of course they're watching you through 
this platform here, but they don't get to actually see you in person. And I have, and the weight is really just shutting off and it's crazy, but I'm proud of you, man. That's a big step in, man, you know, more power to you. Thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to do this show to be fully transparent on one hand to inspire people to take control of their own lives. And also because I don't need y'all coming up with no conspiracy theories about why all this weight is falling off because they're talking about 70 pounds will fall off in two months. I'm like, oh, not in my community. My community ain't about to be out here saying that I went to the Dominican Republic and caught the sniffles. No, you're not. So there you go. All right. So, you know, on our last show, you know, on our last show, Damage, we forgot to discuss Tamar Braxton. Um, yeah, so that was very sad. Send in love to Tamar Braxton. Um, Tamar Braxton um, had recently, um, there's been a lot going on online where they said that she allegedly mm-hmm. tried to kill herself. And then her boyfriend has now released statements. And there's all these uh, weird uh, anonymous sources spilling all her personal tea. And that, yeah, to, that, that's kind of weird. That seemed like it's part of the problem. You know? Right, right, right. And so I didn't understand what was happening. I have since text Tamar. Tamar said that she was going to check out the hospital and that she was going to um, she was going to go to uh, treatment for mental mental treatment. And so I don't want to speculate anymore on what's happening with her. But I will say, you know, we send our love to her. And but but all this anonymous sources around her dropping tea and hints and this yeah. and this and that. Um, is kind of suspicious. And the other thing I will say is the 911 call. If you haven't heard the 911 call from her boyfriend, uh, we're going to just drop it right here and then we'll come right back. It's emergency. Uh, my girlfriend is not responding. Are you with her right now? Yes. How old is she? She's not awake. She's okay. Not can you wake her up? Can you shake Can you shake her and yell at her? Try to wake her up. I'm shaking. Uh, she has a little bit of her eye open. All right, sir. Like I said, we're on the way. Um, I'm going to stay on the line with you. Okay, uh, she's been drinking. It's like a half a bottle. Uh, uh, <clears throat> she's on medication for depression. I don't know how much. She sent a letter earlier. She, anyway, just ask him to hurry. I'm sorry, sir. You said she's on. I just ask him to hurry. She's on. She's on medication. She's she's uh, she takes medication, but she gets anxiety. I don't know if she's taking her medication or what. Oh, or if she's, she was very angry earlier on. She has trouble with the network. She just, a company she's working with, and they did some things today, and she, no, no, no way. I hope, I hope this is not. Okay. Yeah, when, when they're inside of the same room that you're in, you and I can disconnect. But until then, we have to keep our eye on her breathing, Okay. Okay, sir. You fucking network. Sir. Well, she needs she needs some help, sir. You guys, you guys, you guys should uh, look for some help for her. for them. 
her. They've taken away her happiness, everything. She held by everything. <laughs> All right, so to me, I'll just say this, and everybody knows I like Tamar. It sounds suspicious. The phone call sounds suspicious. Mm. And I'm not saying at all, and nor would I ever downplay any cry for help or somebody who's uh, going through a situation that is suicidal. But I Mm -hmm. would say that boyfriend's energy to me, and I'm an energy person, seems a little sketchy. And so, and so, I'm a team. I'm I'm team Tamar. I'm not team David. I don't know him. I don't hate him. I don't know him. I'm team Tamar. And so I'm always ride for whatever's best for Tamar and and tell her that I because she's so sweet and she's she really does um, behind the scenes, um, you know, check up on me and check up on everything going on. And anytime there's anything going on where some drama, she is trying to be like a peacemaker to help make things better. So I'm not going to shit on her man at all. But I will say to me, if I found somebody dying, I would be mm-hmm. a little more emotional or shocked or whatever. And I just, to me, that that whole call just didn't sound right to me. So I, I would love to talk to Tamar. Um, she did text me that she was going to get help. And I told her I'm here for her if she needs anything. And so when she's better, um, come on the show. Come on through, Tamar. We got your back for real. All right. So Kim Kardashian was in the news. You know, Kanye had tweeted that she had a private meeting with Meek Mill. Did you read that? Why did she? Why did Kanye put Meek in the middle of this? Like, what did Meek have to do with any of this stuff? Yeah. So Kanye, of course, he went on his crazy Twitter rant a few days back about his personal life, revealing that he was trying to get a divorce with his wife, Kim Kardashian. Uh, because she met up with Meek Mill, who's from my city, at the Waldorf. Am I saying that right? Because I only been there yeah, once. Yeah, the, the Waldorf. Yep, mm-hmm. the Waldorf to discuss prison reform. So I guess according to Kanye, that's not something a married man should—I mean, married woman should do. What you think about that? I mean, Kim is serious. First of all, let me preface everything by saying, no matter what I say about the Kardashians, I, they believe I'm on the <laughs> payroll, so it doesn't matter. I will say that I have a cousin in prison that I've talked about on the show. Uh, that uh, uh, is in prison in Kansas, facing eight years for one pound of marijuana. Mm-hmm. I talked about it numerous times, and I've reached out to Kim for help, and Kim has helped me, and and is helping me. So I know how serious she is about prison reform, and I know that she works with Van Jones from CNN, who I've also spoken to, uh, who is a part of an organization called Reform. Meek Mill is also a part of Reform. Van Jones and Meek Mill are both managed by Jay-Z's Rock Nation group. Mm-hmm. And so I could see her meeting with him about it. And so when all the speculation came online with this is why Kim Kardashian, Kanye's trying to get a divorce because she slept with Meek Mill. Again, I find it ironic that mostly women were bashing her. But now a photo has come out and here's the photo. And the photo yep. is of Kim having a meeting with him and another woman. Clearly, that looks like a woman about business. And so yeah. there you go. So like, what do you think? I, I just think it's wild that your husband, out of all people, it wasn't like somebody was there and tried to make some fake news up. It's like your husband did that. So I don't know really how she's supposed to take that. I think that's really weird to throw Meek in that situation because he has nothing to do with Kanye and Kim Kardashian. And like you said, there was another person there. It was like three people. And they said they have footage of her leaving alone. And I think they also said it wasn't even at the Wardorf. Like he, she, he just made that up. Well, it did look like it was at the Wardorf because the rooftop, you know, it did look like it. But you know, regardless of where it was, 
I, if, if that camera wasn't there, people would still believe that Kim was there trying to fuck Meek. You know, Meek had also went on his Instagram and posted all cap, you know, shooting yeah. it down. And so here we are. Kim Kardashian did not try to sleep with Meek Mill. Yeah, I, I noticed it's a thing online to, to tear down Kim Kardashian. And, you know, a lot of women have their own reasons or whatever. But at the end of the day, it was right is right and was wrong is wrong. She didn't meet up with Meek one on one. I don't think it's right for Kanye to do that to his wife. That's just where I stand, period. Yeah, I agree. All right, but um, I will say that from what I heard, the word on the street is that Kim is looking into getting a divorce. And so she Damn. is meeting with divorce attorneys and trying to figure out how to get away from Kanye. Jesus. What's good, y'all? It's time for another Hollywood hookup. Now, support for Hollywood Unlocked come from Lord Jones, makers of the world's finest CBD products. Now, CBD is all the rage these days, but pioneering brand, Lord Jones, it's considered the gold standard. For years, they've been changing people's lives with their premium CBD products. Lord Jones has long been a favorite among celebrities worldwide, showing up in Instagram feeds of Hollywood's biggest names. And now they're inviting you to the experience. Who, the me? finest CBD, you, to experience okay. the finest CBD products available. From world-class skincares to tinctures and gel capsules to decadent gumdrop confections. If you're curious about what CBD can do for you, trust me, you want to start with the best. Lord Jones is crafted with the highest quality ingredients and premium imp derived CBD that's lab tested for purity, strength, and consistency. Go to lordjones.com slash unlock for 25% off your first order. 25%? That's right. Let me say it again in case they didn't catch it. Go to lordjones.com slash unlock for 25% off your first order. Lordjones.com slash unlock. And that's your Hollywood hookup. And that's a deal. Megan Thee Stallion is back in the news. Now, before we get into this story, there has been an update. As you know, we talked about what was going on with Megan and Tori in our last show. Yeah. And so uh, Adam 22 from No Jumper recently went on his show and broke down the tea of what he heard. And I'm kind of mad because he spilled the tea before I could because I got the same tea. And this is what he said. So the, what I'm hearing, my version that I've heard from various people that have basically been trusted filtered sources? through AD, yes, very okay. trusted sources, is that Megan and Tori have been fucking. They've been chilling. They go to this house party. Kylie Jenner is there. I heard, depending on who you want to ask, that either Tori was showing too much attention to Kylie Jenner or Kylie Jenner was showing too much attention to Tori. Either way, Meg did not appreciate it. Meg, maybe at this point in her career, has a little bit of an ego. She's feeling sure. herself. She doesn't feel like she has to deal with any disrespect. I, I heard that. Meg was violating his ass. That They got into a fight that was like bad. And I heard God that she, she was like really shitting on him. Like really like I could see her disrespecting the fuck. Obviously, this doesn't justify no, anything. None of that. No, no, no. But... That's what I heard is that it was like it was bad, like they, the the altercation that they were in and like the level of violation that he maybe was feeling. Obviously, not a reason for any violence to occur. Never mind no. a gunshot, but never mind a gunshot. Yeah, that's what we heard. OK, now that was some of the tea and Adam 22. You do a good job over there at No Jumper. But, you know, when it comes to tea spilling, that's my job at Hollywood a lot. So I'm going uh -oh. to break down to you what actually happened, because I've since talked to people close to Megan. Now, what happened was Megan and Kylie were hanging out and then Tori joined them. They went okay. back they went back to Kylie's house 
And Kylie was going to let Tori and Megan stay at her house. So she had a room for them where she was going to let them stay. Megan got sloppy, uncontrollably, have never seen this before, style drunk. This is what her mm. own people are saying. She got really, really drunk. And she saw Tori flirting with Kylie and believe Kylie was flirting back with Tori. Oh, shit. So then Kylie, they, so they got to argue and it became a really crazy argument. And Kylie asked them to leave her house. When they left the house and got in the car, the fighting ensued, the arguing ensued. Remember at the last show, I said uh, Megan didn't bring her security because she was on personal time. Now mm -hmm. people have put the story together that Megan and Tori had some kind of sexual relationship going on. And that they had been hanging out, which to me is kind of odd anyway, but whatever. You can't control who you who you grow <laughs> fond to. And then in the midst of this arguing in the car, she began to hit him. And then he pulled out a gun to shoot around, like just to shoot on, on the ground and accidentally shot her. <laughs> now well, he pulled whole, out just to shoot around Megan the Stallion. Yeah, like he to, just to wanted shoot. to shoot around. Listen, that's what the report is saying. Now, look, I, I don't even want to say. <laughs> He accidentally shot her. That's an alleged thing because who knows? Maybe he was getting beat up and he shot her. I've been uh, in a place hanging on the block where my girl, Naya, we used to call her black. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm not a colorist. I'm just telling you what we used to call her. We used to call her black and Naya. Oh, used to call her black, huh? That's what she used to call herself. Okay. <laughs> I think her cousin's name was Shitty and her sister's name was uh, Baby B. So you could talk to them on their names. Black, okay? Shitty, and Baby B. What's up, okay. So no baby beast. Oh, okay. She was a beast because they were beating they was beating motherfuckers down, including men. Well, Naya had beat up this guy to the point where he pulled out his gun and shot her twice because you know mm. he was he was getting his ass beat. So well, Megan does tower Tory. Like it is very two. much of a, a disadvantage weight and height wise. Yeah, for sure. And so maybe he pulled the pistol out to get her off him. I don't know, but he shot her. And I just can't even believe that Meg the Stallion has even gotten shot, but let alone that's got crazy. shot by Tory Lane. So that's the full T on what happened. But now Woo! Megan's beefing with somebody else now. Yeah, so Drea, um, of course, she didn't know the T that went down like that. But Drea went on her podcast. Uh, she was a guest on the Weed and Wine podcast. And she was talking about the kind of love she likes. So she said, I predict that they had some sort of Bobby and Whitney love like that, when she's talking about Meg and Tori, you know, drove them down this snap S type of road. I'm here for it. I like that. I want you to like me so much that you'll shoot me in the foot too. Now, Megan Court went all this and tweeted back at Drea said, dumb bitch, that shit ain't fucking funny. Who the fuck jokes about getting shot by a nigga? Now, Drea, of course, apologized. Said, I truly don't glorify domestic violence. I was trying to say, just love me deeply. But while I was trying to be funny, I offended many, including Meg, and I'm sorry. That's some bullshit. Drag the shit out of her. That's a bullshit. Let me just say this. This is why all you motherfuckers out there, all you weak motherfuckers trying to come up with podcasts and talk about talk on podcasts and give your opinion. When you do this type of work, you got to be willing to risk it all, lose it all, win it all. Because when you give your opinion and you say some far out, way out crazy shit, like you want somebody who loves you so much they shoot you, you dumbass, then guess what? Motherfuckers are gonna come for you. Shout out to Megan the Stallion who broke her silence, checking her ass, because you know what? I love that side of Meg. And that's probably the side that's probably that's the side of that is Meg, probably. And that's likely that, that's and, Meg. And that's probably the drunk Meg that 
beat up poor Tory Lanez. Not that he's poor Tory Lanez. Tory, you still whack for shooting, Meg. I, I don't know. Tory, you whack as shit for having a gun and, and waving and it at Ky- a woman. And Kylie Jenner said, "All you niggas get up out of my house with this stupid shit. Don't you bring this shit to Hidden Hills? We don't do this up here." You better uh, hope she didn't say niggas. <laughs> I'm sure privately. You better Kylie hope she ain't say that. I'm sure privately Kylie is saying niggas. Um, and so, so she kicked them out of Calabasas, and then they're 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 now put on the don't let pass the gate list. And Tory's probably Tory's probably going to get um, sent back to his country. You know, he's not American; he's Canadian. Absolutely. So, if Tory was to break his silence and say, "Yeah, I was being attacked by Meg, and I shot her in self defense," how do you think people would feel about that? I'm gonna make a joke because. <laughs> I'm gonna make a joke of it because because you can't let your little man syndrome drive yeah. you to the brink of killing off, you know, uh, you know, rap 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 Houston's finest. You know, if, I mean, if it wasn't rap Houston finest, it could be one of his little hoes on the side. You can't shoot girls, bro. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, a girl killed my brother, so let me just tell you: had I had a gun that night, I popped a couple in her ass too, and I wouldn't be sitting here right now. So there's well, a difference. Jason, that's a completely different you know, situation. I, I know. You can't get into an argument. Listen, you get into an argument with your girl, and you go to check her, and she beats your ass. You take that L, and you go to work the next day and say you got robbed at Dunkin' Donuts. That's what you, you just, do. You come up with an excuse. You went to go buy a condom and somebody was there to mm-hmm. buy a condom and there was only one condom left. And so instead of rapping about it, get it, rapping, uh, y'all just beat each other's ass and then the condom busted and nobody got it. Whatever. Side note. Side note, I helped somebody pay for a plan B yesterday. I, I, like, you shouldn't be out here fucking. You're giving. You're a giver. You need help to pay for your plan B. Anyway. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, outside of Megan and Tori, because at the end of the day, we don't know the real story yet. Ladies, in these domestic situations, please don't put your hand on men. If you don't want men to put their hands or their guns on you. Like I said, this is outside Megan, the stallion, Tori. I don't really know what happened. We hear hearsay. But overall, this is a big problem where women are beating up on men and then crying wolf when they get their ass beat back. If you want to get hit, don't hit nobody. Lead with love. For real. Yeah. Um... You said it was a big problem. Is that what shot at Tory Lanez? <laughs> so, oh, and also, so, you know, I couldn't help myself, right? So I'm writing to iHeart. We had posted the story, the drama with Megan Drea on Instagram, on Hollywood Unlocks Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then my phone rings and it's Ryan Henry from Black Ink Crew. And he says, man, I saw y'all post that shit about uh, Drea. Don't put me in it, dog. I said, how you, you was in my mind. You was in my head because I was literally saying, I was literally saying when I get to iHeart, I'm going to throw Ryan under the bus because him and Drea, Drea had slid in his DM or something. They was trying to talk and I, he had called me about her and said, what you think? And I said, no, some hoes is for the streets. And this is not the type of woman that you should bring around your children because I know how much of a father and involved father he is. We all know Drea's had issues where she gave her kid, abandoned her kid or whatever. You know, and she got her kid back and has turned her whole life around, you know, through Mint Swim and her business endeavors. And she's dug herself out of the whole hell yeah. that she was in. You know, I don't know the whole hell that she was in at the time. And I know that she thought she deleted her wholeness when she came up a little bit and whatever. But not to trivialize her journey, because my mom had a similar one. She 
um, you know, wanted to get with Ryan. And I just told Ryan, like, she's not the type of girl that I see you with. And so he dodged us. So when he called me, I said, it's so funny because I'm throwing you under the bus. So I went to Instagram and I posted a video saying, oh, Ryan, you dodged a bullet. You know, I had, <clears throat> so I spilled Ryan's tea. He wasn't happy. But he hey, look, we all got the right to grow from what we were to who we are. Shout out to Drea, man. She came a long way. And like you say, you, you bigged her up a lot. She has a lot going on. She is a mother. Shout out to Drea. She's working hard. All right. So, look, there's a lot going on in Canada. Did you see what's happening in Canada? Yeah. So, you know, Canada's trying to be on the 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 verge or they're just trying to be in front of protecting everybody from the coronavirus. And I'm not mad at them. And, and so. they're being creative. They are being creative. So the CDC out there suggests glory holes for safe sex during the corona pandemic. Now, you might be asking yourself, what is a glory hole? Or you might be asking yourself, are you talking about the same glory hole I watch on Pornhub? Right. Yes, and that's are. and that's why you have me here. I am a glory hole expert. Okay. I saw my first glory hole. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what? I saw, wait. I saw my first glory hole in San Francisco when my friend, and I'm gonna throw his name under the bus, Jermaine Fox said that he wanted me to go with him to a club. And I said, okay, cool, I'll go with you to a club. And he took me to a club called Power Exchange in San Francisco. <laughs> and I thought Power Exchange, oh, this is, must be a meeting of the minds, you know, where business people, <laughs> <laughs> where business people come together to, you know, exchange powerful thoughts, you know? Oh, they exchange something. San Francisco's close to Silicon Valley. I'm thinking Silicon Valley, I should have knew. Silicon. Power exchange. So when you get to the door, they say, would you like to pay the entry fee for being clothed or for taking all your clothes off? I said, the fuck you talking about? I looked at Jermaine. I go, the fuck is this? So he takes me in. They got TPs and shit. They got prison cells. They got a, a living room with a bunch of people when they're masturbating, watching TV and a maze where people are just having sex with me. But anyway, it's literally like hell. It's hell. It's the power exchange. That's where you're going in there. But anyway, he took me to a room. That was the glory hole room. And it was literally a big wall of holes and a bunch of dicks hanging out. And I'm like, that's, this is insane. That's, that's a lot. But, you know, <laughs> according to the CDC, you know, they're trying to have people still have fun, but use barriers like walls, glory holes, to allow that sexual contact, but prevent that face-to-face -face contact. You know, so they want you to have some fun out there in Canada, but not all the way. So do, you know, like do, you know how do you know how traumatizing it is when you turn the corner and there's a bunch of holes with just random dicks hanging out? In all my glory. Yes. No, in all my glory. No pun intended. I have seen a lot of things. On this show, I've talked about a lot of things. Damage, it was frightening. <laughs> That's something I don't want to see. But I do like the CDC's idea. So I think after this, I'm going to go to Home Depot, get me some drywall. No, I'm trying no, to get more creative no, in my... No, no you're not... I want to get more creative in my space. Damage. I'm telling you right now, if you go to Home Depot and get drywall and build your own glory hole so you can go fuck somebody, you're going to end up on Hollywood a lot. Because a female is going to tell the story. You're going to end up on Hollywood a lot. That might, yo, look, my chick might like that. She might come in a little venturous. It's like, where is he at? I'm behind this new plastic <laughs> drywall and then just letting loose through the hole. Like, come on, baby, we here. To any female that does this with damage, please film it so we can air it on Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. On and I would never show. know if she's filming it. It's so much mystery. 
But, the fact, but isn't this advanced that the CDC is thinking about our sexual wellness while we're in the midst of a pandemic? Like, we don't want you to not fuck. We want you to go to Walmart and get you a plywood and put a hole in it. Make sure you lube the hole up so there's no friction. But, you know, <laughs> no splinters, no splinters. God forbid you go to the ER. You got splinters in your dick because you done played around with a glory hole during a pandemic that you should have even been playing around with anyway. You should have just Look, went this, to the power exchange. They, this they, pandemic, they, if this pandemic lasts too long, people going to start making glory holes at their front door. i tell you one thing. If anybody come to my house and you just see a random hole in, in the wall, that's the glory hole. All right, if you don't know what time it is, it's time for your Hollywood hookup. Let's all right, go. So listen, with the COVID-19 happening and all the restaurants in L.A. shut down, I did not skip a beat because I'm still getting my favorite <laughs> meals. And although I'm eating a lot leaner these days, I'm getting them through my friends at Postmates. Um, yes. And also, because I don't come in contact with anybody, I love that they've been dropping it at my door. But anyway, I've been using Postmates and it's been keeping me afloat. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. And I love growling. I love food, even though I'm slimming down. I love it. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because, like I said, I can get the food delivered without even leaving my house or even opening the door. Like, they just drop it right off. Given what's going on in the world, they created this no-contact delivery system. And so now when I order food from local restaurants or even the grocery store, everything gets left right outside my door. Now, that's essential. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order my takeout for my favorite local restaurants. One of them right here, Avra and Beverly Hills to get my little brand, you know, uh, you know, listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now because everybody's affected. And I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support our community. And Postmates makes that happen. Postmates, Postmates also doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven. Real tea, when I need my Gillette razors or I want a bag of Doritos, which I can't eat right now, but when I was eating them, they would uh, <laughs> I, they would go there and pick them up for me and leave everything right outside my door. So listen, all you have to do is just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything and everything you want delivered within the hour. So, so check this out. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery Credit for your first seven days. So to start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code UNLOCKED. That code is UNLOCKED for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmate app. Anything, hungry. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And that's your Hollywood hookup. Sure is. All right, so listen, one shot, one thing on the way out. Brianna Taylor's name has not been kept in the media the way that it should. Shout out to Tina Knowles Lawson, uh, Beyonce's mother, who's at the forefront of the fight, keeping her name alive, and other people who are doing it. You know, a petition just uh, on change.org just drew in the second highest ever with over 10 million signatures. Please go and sign it. Amazing. I've signed it, and everybody should sign this petition because this woman died in her own home. By the hands of police and these all these police officers have yet to be charged and a lot of them still have their jobs um, a lot of them just walking around at grocery stores picking up fucking ice cream yeah so shout out to everybody keeping her name alive and the black lives matter movement man we over here still represent and will continue to represent and hold it down until then we out of here peace peace what up youtube thank you for watching this reckless show yeah and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notification bell and also don't forget to share and leave a comment because we are reading